What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Soul Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings that tune in every single week. The creators, the entrepreneurs, the innovators, disruptors, CEOs, artists, producers. We've had a lot of different um, people kind of just flood in and I'm grateful for all of you. And I always say that we're really this podcast for people who probably think really far outside the box or maybe you're looked at a little weird for wanting to do your own thing or go after your own dreams and all of those things, um, you're normal. The people who may give you a hard time are not normal, <laughs> in my opinion. And so I, I, I created this space to make you feel more normal because I get you, we get you, my guests get you. None of us do anything quote unquote normal. It's really about you know what resonates with you. And a lot of my guests would tell you the same thing. And um, you know many of you have been following me for a long time, know what I'm about to say. For those of you that are a bit newer, I always say that we don't glamorize or glorify end success because it's anything but glamorous and glor, you know, in the process. And more importantly, success is a very arbitrary word that is dependent on what you believe is success for you. And I say that passionately because, you know, often we see depictions online and highlight reels of this is what you should want. Well, who says? And so this podcast is the opposite. And I say that it should really be about what you're defining for yourself, your path, what resonates with you, what are you building and what are you contributing and what are you learning along the way? And that's exactly what we discussed with the guests. For any of my newer listeners, I'm Matt Gottesman. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for being here. You can always reach out to me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram where you can find out about my other ventures and things going on with me. I do answer every single text, um, reply, response, wall, uh, comment on the wall, DM, believe it or not. And a couple of people recently reached out and they're like, I didn't know who else to call, but you said on their podcast <laughs> that I could reach out. And you did. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, if you want to get into the conversation at the intersection of culture, creativity, and entrepreneurship, you can check out where it all began at, at HDF Magazine. And then at Hustle Sold Separately on Insta, which I'll be getting a lot more active over there at some point. But please still support the movement. If you like this podcast, uh, and I know you will, five-star rating and review, write a review. Apple loves it more than anything. Um, and that helps really expand the reach of the show. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for all of you. And we're going to dive right into it with another really great topic. And um, we're going to be talking about health. We're going to be talking about entrepreneurship. We're talking about a family-owned and operated company. We're going to be talking about technology, um, and we're going to also be talking uh, about data, and we're going to talk about COVID, <laughs> all right into one. And I've got the perfect guest today, um, uh, Samir Santake, who's the founder and CEO of Biostrap, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. But, you know, um, we're going to be exploring um, this concept of we're living in an age. Now, I'm a novice compared to, you know, Samir's going to probably just like decimate this conversation <laughs> so dominate i should really say but decimate me in the process because i i'm still on the very much the earlier stages of my health journey but the last few years have been amazing and incredible um what i'm learning but um we have access to more data and technology than ever before when used appropriately and accordingly um to really make calculated decisions about our bodies 
and about our health in a, in a lot of ways in a much more organic and sustainable lifelong way. I mean, the body is a machine and it can do so many good things when we don't abuse it. <laughs> so the more we know about it and the more we take care of it and reverse some of the abuse that we've done, the more quality of life that we can have. Now, I'm not advocating either way on where those topics can obviously go (laughs) because we're going to keep it very kind of centered and focused with Samir and what he's learned along the way. But um, you already know how I feel about, you know, responsibility and accountability. It's not just in your um, in your business or in your relationships. It's also in your finances and especially and most importantly in your health. That's where it all begins and ends. If you don't have your health, you're done. (laughs) Like everywhere else in your life is not going to necessarily flow as accordingly for the most part. Um, or at some point you're going to have to deal with it. And, uh, we're here to take care of our body so it can house our soul and make us, you know, uh, drive our purpose. Right. So I'm going to dive into Samir's background real quick. Um, you know, 10 years experience in software and product development. I did mention he's the founder and CEO of Biostrap. We'll get into that here in a second. Um, previously, he co-founded a fast-growing marketing software company, uh, he and I need to talk after this, <laughs> where he ar- architected and built enterprise applications, back-end services, and set up data pipelines for big data ingestion to deliver meaningful insights from uh, disparate um, disparate data systems. Sorry, you guys say that a few different times. Um, currently, he, as I mentioned, founder and CEO of Biostrap. It's a health wearable platform offering the world's most advanced science-based technology to improve global health. Uh, you wear it on your wrist and you can also actually activate it um, by wearing, um, having it in other areas like uh, on your shoe and, and but he'll get into that. Um, I've actually been testing it on and off here for a little bit and it facilitates data collection through a clinically validated wrist worn device, as I mentioned, utilizing machine learning and artificial intelligence to provide comprehensive individualized and population level insights into one's psychology and overall health. Uh, it helps users to manage stress, monitor sleep, activity, meditation, brain health, and heart health. So you can see how that data would be very useful if you knew what was going on with yourself daily. And then after a transformative weight loss journey, he became obsessed with health and how one can take better control of their well-being. Spoken like a true entrepreneur, <laughs> having been in the software engineering industry for 10 years, he realized his passion for wearables and health could be interlinked and that he could create something that's convenient, actionable, provides clinical data and is more meaningful to the consumer than other wearable technology. So we are aware there's others, but he's doing something different. And while he was burning the midnight oil on the side of his day job, he became more confident that Biostrap had potential in the market. And it was then his first daughter was born. So it gave him that final push that he wanted to create something for the future. Very legacy like I like it. And, uh, you know, he, Biostrap launched in June of 2016 and now has users across the world, uh, has been involved in various studies in clinical space, whether it's identifying early signs of respiratory illness or the efficacy of multiple in, uh, interventions on sleep, recovery, and overall well-being. Samir, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mentioned before the show, for context. And I think there's a lot of context in what you're about to tell us. I love knowing the first question is always the same. Like, what's the what's the story? What's the journey that got us here? Because when I'm reading your bio, I'm thinking, okay, there's probably burnout. There's probably like health stuff. There's probably stress. (laughs) There's probably everything (laughs) that comes with building anything and not, you know, sometimes putting ourselves first. So I would love for you to share the 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 range, man. Like you can start as way back as you want. Yeah. 
you kind of alluded to it. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I think I didn't care about health. Let's just say for the first half of my life, I was actually, um, you know, borderline obese. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I eat junk food. I, I guess I, I didn't really understand the implication of taking care of your health. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I got to a point where I was just really, really unhappy after high school, you know, was overweight and, and even part of college. And after college, I was just like, Man, I, I want to make a, make a change here. Uh, I want to do something, something that, you know, future me will thank, you know, thank me for, you know? So I was like, all right, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, and I, and I by no means did it the way I would do it today. You know, this was 10 years ago. Uh, or actually longer, uh, 2008, I guess. Uh, so 12 years ago, um, I, I was over, you know, I was like, I don't, I'm going to make a change in my life. I'm going to start, you know, eating well, whatever well meant back back then for me, uh, which meant eating a bunch of salads and that kind of thing. It was, you know, back then I, I didn't know what I didn't know now and exercise like crazy. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, brute force it, let's just call it um, without necessarily using data because back then, uh, you know, Fitbits didn't even exist, honestly. There was barely anything there to to track your data in a meaningful fashion. So really, I forced it. I was, you know, extremely successful. And but you know, it took me about two years. I lost around eighty pounds um, uh, of fat, and and uh, you know, went from like maybe forty percent body fat to like eight. You know, um, and you know, it was uh, not super sustainable. But I, I definitely learned a lot along the way. Um, and in about you know two years after that, I was in the best shape of my life, and and uh, I it meant a lot. You know, I actually kind of it changed my brain. I feel like my my I felt like my the way that my brain operated completely changed after doing that. I was like, man, health is so important, and it's probably you know it, it's if you are in good health, you'll see aspects of that kind of in every part of your life. You know, um, you know uh, I think you know for me now health health is so important. It's it's a part of how I keep on, keep the hustle alive, you know? Um, so, you know, we kind of alluded to that, but, uh, you know, so, so for, for me, you know, that, that health journey was super kind of pivotal for me. Uh, and I've always been a kind of a, a geek, you know, so technology, I, I grew up, I had my first computer when I was five, uh, you know, I started, you know, programming really early on. So, you know, I've been kind of, kind of a tech geek and uh, computer science is my thing. And, you know, Creating products, it's always extremely gratifying for me. So, really, this journey is like about taking health and creating that aspect of you know how, how do I give people that uh, you know that ability to to improve their health and using the cutting edge technology to do it. That was kind of my my thing. I, I couldn't you know back then after uh, you know losing the amount of weight, I didn't have a kind of product or anything in mind. I was just like, what what can I do? You know, I've been fishing for for ideas for a long time. I you know I was with a marketing company for a while, uh, you know, passionate about building products. But then after that, I was actually doing two full time jobs for a while. Uh, believe it or not, uh, you know, morning time, morning and afternoon would be that marketing company at nighttime until like 3 a.m. I'd be working on on Biostrap, uh, at least in the year 2016, after my daughter was born. Um, not super sustainable, you know, of course, uh, right. you know, and not good for health either, which you'll I'll talk about more. A lot of the things you do as entrepreneurs, you know, I'm in a health company, but you're doing things that I already know are not good for health. But, you know, it, it's it's kind of a it's a kind of an interesting thing. You know, one of the things I love about um, when a company is built out of passion um, an entrepreneurial endeavor, such as especially in health, what are we doing really at the same time? Not only have we probably identified saving ourselves in some way 
but then um, we're collecting data and research along the way and building the company. And it mm-hmm. really what we're doing is we're collecting accountability <laughs> because yeah, the more yeah. we know about our health, the more we have to be the brand. And it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, I have, which is great because we're always learning and at the same time having to exhibit the behavior and character of the very thing that we want to save the rest of the world in. <laughs> right? Absolutely. It's hard actually, especially because um, my... I'm normally like a night owl. I love, I used to love to stay up late and wake up late, but you know, you can't do that. That's not good. Now that I know, not good for your circadian rhythm. It's just horrible for, for your, you know, <laughs> for your body to do that. Yes. So I have to be, you know, the face of health or at least attempt in using the data to, to kind of do that. Uh, you know, so, so absolutely the data is showing me like, Hey, those are horrible behaviors. You got to change that. You know, <laughs> it urges me to make the right decisions. Yeah. You know, and you, and you, and you bring up, I would love to talk about the, some of the data that you're finding in creating Biostrap. Um, because mm-hmm. like, I remember when I was first introduced to it and they're like, you know, there's wristwear that's out there and then there's this. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I like this, you know, and, and because of um, A, the, you know, whatever, and whatever level of technology you want to talk about that and how you're, how that's different. Because I like the way it was presented to me. Um, mm-hmm. But then also some of the things that you're finding, um, because I, I sleep is a very big deal to me because I've always I've been very, very grateful. I've actually had very good sleep almost my entire life, with the exception of maybe like a, a small phase or two here and there. And even then it was wasn't bad comparatively. But um, it is it is the quintessential need for restoration, for energy, for healing, for mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And I get you because I was a night owl for a long time. And it doesn't matter when I shut down at 10, 10 p.m. and and or 9.30 and I get up at like 5.30 or 6, I feel like amazing. Now, ironically, I have noticed, and maybe you can also address this, that there are times that if I do go to sleep later, I will still make sure I get between my seven and eight hours because I know that that's what I need. But I do notice a difference getting up at like, and it could be psychological as well too, getting up at like seven, let's say, I don't like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I really don't like it. Like there's something about this beauty. I mean, maybe again, it could be psychological, but I love five thirty, six o'clock. The world is quiet. I'm doing my normal meditation and and uh, gratitude and and uh, maybe just kind of coming to the day with you know movement and mobility and all these things. Um, but I would love to know. So the two things are, I guess really I'm asking are, um, you know, uh, explaining the. The, the technology and why you're doing something different. And then the second part mm-hmm. of what are you finding out in the data, especially when it comes to sleep and then we can go into other areas? Absolutely. I mean, the key differentiator of our technology is really, you can think of as a kind of a cloud-based wearable. And essentially what that means is that all the data is processed in the cloud, you know, as opposed to, you know, maybe a nearest competitor, all the data is processed on device. Um, and then there's real reasons why we've done that. Uh, you know, we have now access to thousands of different uh, machines uh, crunching your data in a hundred different ways, you know, so we can advance the algorithms uh, without having to maybe update the hardware. The hardware kind of stays fixed. The algorithms can be con- continuously improved on. Um, so really separating those two uh, has created basically a, a platform that, that you know, can have endless improvements. And, and our core hypothesis is that, you know, uh, PPG, which is kind of the uh, analog to ECG, the, the photo plasmography of data, which is kind of look at the volumetric changes in your blood flow. Um, and ECG is, you know, electrocardiogram, which is measuring electrical activity across the heart. Uh, there's two different ways of measuring, uh, you know, cardiology, uh, your, your 
your heart. Uh, so we use it, you know, this, this way is a lot more challenging. Um, but what we've learned is that there's a lot of embedded data in that waveform, in that signal. And most people discard that, which is sad. Um, but if you know how to wrangle that data stream, there's a lot of embedded data in there. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how we're getting heart rate, heart rate variability, SpO2, respiratory rate, and, and blood pressure now with some of the newer technologies. And the list goes on. The fact is, we don't even know what's embedded in there. And our hypothesis for six years has been, this is a core data mine and data like data asset. We need to mine it to get more information about our physiology. Um, so that's that's been our hypothesis from for six years and we set the platform that way. Um, so think of it as kind of like a, like a researcher's dream um, and, and really like uh, focusing a date on the data, the data first company. That is uh, well incredible. And so, okay, so let's talk about some of the research findings when mm -hmm. it comes to, um, let's start with sleep. Um, sure. Again, maybe it's, maybe this is a, a, a bias because of my own passion about it, <laughs> but, sure, sure. but, but, Please. but, but sleep, I do believe too, really affects so many other areas of our scheduling, like you said, the circadian rhythm and mm -hmm. like what it's doing throughout the day, how it's really affecting this. Now, full disclosure, everybody listening, I always slept well. I didn't always sleep enough. And um, it was always so easy to like, because I'm, a, I'm both, I love creativity and business. And when you're really in the creative, whether it's like coding design or doing whatever, or really in the mix of problem solving, you don't always want to leave the momentum of it because it's like, no, 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 no. And you hear people like, you know, even like the Dr. Dre's of the world, like I'll go 40, he'll say like, I'll go 48 hours deep if I have to, which I, I understand if you're really in your zone of genius, but uh, I don't know. I learned a lot about. It's not sustainable. It's, it's not, not sustainable. sustainable. So go right. in. Let, let's let go, go go at it. So so I, I love this topic um, because I've learned that it's the you know any, almost any ailment if you sleep properly can be avoided. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I've been tracking like glucose measurements. You know, I know sleep. If I don't sleep properly, that thing is, is absolutely like elastic band. You know, uh, for the same foods I eat. So. I, I, you know, and tracking this data, you kind of learn, even my heart, heart rate variability, my ability to kind of be more resilient to stress is reduced. And, and who, who wants that? Nobody wants that. Um, you know, but sometimes you just got to burn the midnight oil, you know, as long as you know, you know, you don't do it for a long period of time and it becomes kind of a, an acute thing and not a chronic thing. You know, that's okay. That's life, you know, kind of throwing a little bit of a stressor, you know, in your body, kind of testing your body's limits is okay. It just becomes bad when you're doing it over and over and over where now it, it affects you, uh, you know, through, through and through. So, you know, I, I would say I've done that many times too, you know, burning the midnight oil because I have to. And, um, but as long as, you know, you, you maintain as much as you can a good circadian rhythm. And what that means is having a consistent bedtime and wake time is probably the most important thing. I mean, uh, people ask me, what are the best hacks? Honestly, you don't need to buy expensive things it's all honestly just sleeping on the right time uh, at a time that suits you. Everyone has different chronotypes. So the time that you, you know, that, you, that, that is made for you, you sleep at that time and you wake up uh, consistently, that'll be game changing for you. Uh, true. True. What, um, what have you, so you, you had mentioned there were some clinical, you guys continue to do clinical research. Are you using, mm -hmm. a, are you using athletes? Are you using, like, talk, talk a little bit about that. Like, and, and what sure. are you, and what are you finding in, in like any, sure. any, and anything unusual that you found that was like, huh, I did not know that. I'm glad we now know this. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, so we, we kind of, 
you know, have a, all kinds of pools of people in, in the mix. You know, we have athletes from people that are, you know, octogenarians, you know, we got all kinds of people in the mix. So it's, uh, you know, it depends on which population you're talking about. Um, but, you know, you know, we, we, we have, I mean, we, we doing research on uh, some of our technology with like uh, people like, like children's health uh, LA, um, which is kind of interesting. You know, they're using the waveform data to, uh, measure the pain of people with sickle cell anemia. You know, there's very specific things that they're looking for in the PPG signal. And that's like completely brand new, like biomarker inventions uh, based on the PPG signal. Uh, so that's like still kind of, you know, in the works, right? Uh, and we're working really closely with that, with Children's Hospital LA on, on that, which, which I'm really excited about, quite frankly. It's an underaddressed area uh, and, uh, and it affects actually more predominantly the African-American population. Uh, and, and, you know, that there's, there's so much interesting research going on uh, in, in, uh, in that. And, and I think um, one of the interesting things, I guess, you know, we learn is that, you know, uh, people of um, people have, you know, heart rate variability has been my kind of go to metric. I'm not sure if you, you've been tracking that, Matt. Um, but when people say, you know, what's the most important metric, I, I actually think heart rate variability is the best one. It's, it's, a, it's a complicated one. Um, but it's been one I've been tracking for over four years now, uh, with my own data and, and it's, it's been profound. I, I feel, I feel like everyone should be tracking that because that tells you, um, you know, how, how, uh, how ability you are, uh, your ability to adapt for that particular day, almost, uh, uh, you know, and, and now we see other, 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 uh, options in the market, you know, or on whoop, uh, for example, um, but we've learned that everyone's kind of unique. It's it's interesting. Uh, you can't, you know, one algorithm doesn't work for everybody. Uh, is what, what we've found. Um, everyone's so unique, and and uh, you know, uh, I think what I do know is AI will never uh, be replace people. Is what I, really what I've seen. Having a coach or someone that kind of grots the data, super valuable. Um, and we've tested this. You know, uh, I don't think the AI will ever be there. Uh, maybe for ten years, where it actually helps you change your behaviors. Uh, you know, having someone looking at data, holding you accountable is still kind of absolutely key. Uh, you know, we've piloted this with, with some some uh, groups of companies, you know, giving devices and all that is you know great, but having someone holding accountable is keeps them changing. When people have, you know, people, people, uh, you know, are held accountable. And, and that aspect is very necessary. Um, if you give a device, they don't hold themselves accountable. You know, uh, I'm I'm a different beast. You're a different beast. You know, you'll you'll look at the data and then like, okay, cool. Let me let me start te tweaking with it. People aren't motivated by just like looking at the data. They they kind of need someone to hold them accountable sometimes. Um, and that's more of like a business direction. You know, like it's it's yes. uh, we've seen. That's that's what I've seen. Uh, you know, I thought, hey, your your sleep is crap. Are you going to change it? No, I don't care. You know, I'm like really. Like, so we learn kind of more about the human behavior more than anything. Uh, and how hard it is to influence that sometimes. Yeah, no, so, so, so good what you're you're bringing up. Um, I was thinking about, well, first of all, I love what you're saying about AI and there's still a level of accountability at the human side. I know Naval, who's one of my favorite, you know, multidisciplinary thinkers. I, I, I can never get enough of, of his readings and, and his uh, mindset. And he was saying, yeah, like AI is, it's, he's like, it's not as, <laughs> it's not, it's not quite what everybody thinks it's going to be. And like in the next exactly. 10 years, we're going to lose ourselves and like only the machines will take over. He's like, there's still an element. He's like, I mean, it could be, you know, like a hundred years plus like where, and even then like you're, you, there's still the human factor that's needed. Um, and then that brings me to the second point, which I like that you brought up. Yeah. You know, I was, I was reviewing a Fitbit, uh, looking at a, a, someone's Fitbit and 
trying to understand how it was set up. And you're right. There's this element that was in there that was like um, where the data isn't enough. Once they started forming pods and groups and like who's doing however many steps today. And you could be like mm -hmm. in multiple groups. And I was like, oh, community herd mentality of like oh like we're doing this together and there's an accountability of like hey you're you're trailing and then your friends could be in there or strangers around the world and it's like oh like you were on it last week like what happened to you this week and you're like damn you know so it, dialing into the human behavior of somebody you know um and especially with the level of data like i noticed on biostrap yeah. the 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 First of all, the visual representation is phenomenal. <laughs> like the look on there is unbelievable. I'm a I'm a UI UX guy. Like I love design, but um, the data seemed very deep. And um, my uh, where I I got lost in the shuffle a little bit was um, uh, you know, like uh, when you don't charge it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So there's yep. there's that on me. I, I'm the I'm the accountable party on that, not Biostrap. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, but I do find it. Uh, phenomenal in terms of the data generating uh, in it and then, yeah. it, you know, and it telling Absolutely. You. Go ahead. But you know what happens is that it's hard to know how to use it in a, in a way. Uh, you, you almost need somebody to take a look at that data unless, uh, of course, you're motivated or, or maybe even have a degree or background in it. Um, mm. Having somebody kind of, and, and this is where, you know, we're kind of transitioning more to like an RPM platform, like remote population monitoring. Uh, and that's what really what we built is a platform that isn't just a device, but a really full, fully featured platform. Uh, and the AI is necessary, but it helps assist the practitioners to do their job better. It's not really to replace them entirely, you know? So it's really about, you know, having people watching over in a good way, not, not big brother style, but kind of like, you know, kind of like a doctor would, um, or, or any health coach, uh, we basically enable them to do their job at an effective, you know, effectively remotely. Uh, you know, we can be. We have coaches in Australia and with you know, and they have uh, clients all over the world. You know, like you don't need to be sitting next to them, but you're holding them accountable, um, and and that's super powerful uh, for for that individual. So it, we're enabling that. And and I think that it's that's cool because really there's a lot of community building in that. It's like how do we help mm -hmm. at the health practitioner level? How do we help at the at the coach and the fitness trainer level? And how to like having the um, the human optimization performance specialists <laughs> of the world, <laughs> you know, use, use this and then, um, instruct their own individual communities as like, Hey, here's, um, you know, here's how we're going to do this together, you know? Um, and so that's phenomenal now. I, okay. So I have a question for you. Um, you recently collected some very interesting data when you had experienced COVID. Yes. So, what did like what did the data finding with your health using biostrap show you when you were dealing with it and you can go as in-depth as you'd like sure yeah absolutely i it was a interesting I, and i use that word you know very sparingly but it was an interesting experience because i i guess i was curious uh to see how my body would respond to COVID. i wasn't by no means looking to catch it but right. i was you know i wasn't necessarily scared of it let's just say right um i you know but i did follow the protocols you know quarantine and all that um but it was uh i i wanted to see how my body would respond to it and and you know when i caught it i was like all right well i guess i'm gonna be you know at home for 14 days which honestly i'm, I'm used to anyway so it's not a big deal right um you know it, it started on the january 12th um you know essentially started feeling a bit 
bit off, you know, I didn't have any symptoms, but I was like, all right, something, something's different here today. Uh, and then, and then basically the next day I was hit hard, <laughs> like, like January 13th, I was like, I already had a fever, which I barely ever have a fever and, and a massive headache. And, and that's how it kind of started. And, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, so I don't know if you know this, but BioStrep has a, uh, respiratory risk score, um, where it kind of buckets you in the red, yellow, and green. Mine showed entirely red. I was like, oh. Well, I've never seen that before. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we've studied this on other populations. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm pretty sure something's going on. I, I, if it looks a lot like COVID and, and uh, you know, I did, took a text, test the next day and uh, I came positive. So that it pretty much, uh, you know, it was an interesting experience. I, it's it's kind of interesting because I what I read online was different for me. I mean, everyone, again, it comes back to everyone's so unique. Um, even the symptoms that I felt felt different than what I saw other people experience, you know, um, you know, I had, you know, the loss of taste within four days, uh, um, body aches, fever, that kind of thing. Um, but you know what, one, one symptom that I had that I couldn't find anybody else was like, I had like hyper skin sensitivity, like, like hmm. even my shirt touching my skin was like agitating me. And, 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 and that's actually the reason why I couldn't sleep either. So like, you're, it's kind of like a vicious cycle. You're, you're, your body's, you know, you know, stressed here and you're trying to sleep, but the sleep might, the sleep's the shittiest sleep I've ever had, you know, like a, like a sleep score of like 12 or, you know, like 20. And, and I typically never get that low. So it, it's like, uh, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, and, and I think that's why, you know, it took me about 12, 12 days to recover fully. Mm. Um, and it's like, I think the lack of having good sleep really contributed to that. Cause like, you know, you, you can't, you know, you got fever, you're, you're, you have chills, uh, hyper skin sensitivity, which affected me and my sleep quality. Um, and then in the middle of it, I got coughs, which again, uh, you know, destroy, destroying your sleep, um, which I'm like trying to recover. I even tried to sleep. In, you know, I was in bed for 14 hours like, and trying to get good sleep. But in that 14 hours, I was maybe asleep for five of them, you know, so extremely inefficient sleep. Um, and it was, it was, it was an awesome kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of a data trip, I guess, looking at all my biometric data throughout the whole thing. Uh, and, and, and I'll even send you, send you a really cool graph on this. And, and we are launching a piece on this, uh, I believe this or next week, um, talking a little bit more in depth about, about this, uh, and going real deep in the data. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting. I mean, I, it, you know, we, I showed up red immediately. And as I was trailing off, I could see, you know, uh, see see that I was getting better, and and it kind of correlated with with that risk score that we that we've developed uh, with with thousands of people's of data um, uh, earlier in 2020. Uh, but it, it was honestly like it's it's um, it, it did hit me hard, you know. I wouldn't recommend you know anyone go out and try to catch COVID and do this for themselves. Uh, but but I, I I had an interesting experience. I I would wake up and figure out like how you know I felt like crap, like complete garbage. I'd, I'd be interested in, in seeing, you know, my recovery score and, and it kind of confirmed, I felt like crap and the recovery score is like, you know, it's all garbage, you know, everything is red, you know, all, everything below baseline, like respiratory mm. rate is skyrocket up. I'm normally like 15, it's in the nineteens, uh, you know, my SVO2 dropped by, by average SVO2 dropped dramatically. HRV, which normally I, I have an extremely good HRV for, for some of my age, I'm on the 120, 130 is my baseline. And, and it was in the 20s. <laughs> so my body was extremely like it's stressed uh, under, under some stress. And, and I've never been in, in that low of a you know heart rate variability zone. Um, so honestly, like the data didn't mm. surprise me, I guess. I, 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 I was actually expecting that. 
um, it just kind of confirmed my expectations. How long uh, did the symptoms last in terms of the data show? Like how long did, how many days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had um, about 10 days where Biostrap showed like a, a high risk, uh, which is like the red. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I had actually no fever. And after that, it was, it was mostly this brain fog. I had a bunch of brain fog. <laughs> um, and uh, I got to do some uh, neurofeedback for that just to see because my, my buddy, uh, um, uh, one of my buddies who's a neuro, you know, neurofeedback practitioner, Dr. Andrew Hill, he was like saying that uh, um, brains look like concu- that have had concussion actually post COVID. So there's a lot of, a lot of things that you got to do after COVID that are important. Um, uh, and I, and I did that too, actually, after, actually, that, that's one thing I'll talk about is that there's something called long COVID, which you might've heard of. And, and it's really like about, uh, you know, training your lungs, make sure you're, you're, you do some long exercises post COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, I have seen some things where an MRI scan on a brain, uh, also, it, you know, is affected. So, uh, there's ways to kind of mitigate those that long COVID, uh, some working on that as well. Um, but yeah, so so really, you know, the brain fog was 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 the last kind of symptom that you know well, that I had for for about a week, uh, but I had no other symptoms really. Um, but that's when I, I I tested, you know, pretty much uh, negative around uh, the. Well, I, I mean, I, I tested about about fourteen days after, um, but I suspect I was negative even before that. But the it, it was it was a trip, man. It was it was it was super interesting having to see the data reflect kind of where my, my body status was. Um, and going that through that firsthand, it was definitely inter- you know, interesting because as, as a product builder, you kind of want to see, you know, how is this going to be useful for somebody? You kind of need to know what it's like to be in their shoes, right? Um, before you build something. So this kind of gave me an interesting perspective. Well, and in the process, you're using real data and real science. Yes. You know, yeah, and exactly. That's a, you know, and, in an area that, you know, would be, would keep it, keep it very neutral <laughs> for the time. But like, but meaning because in an area that it's tricky, look, the, the, the idea is that it's tricky in that you already said it, everybody's body is different and everybody's body is reacting to it differently. Some people aren't even really experiencing anything. Others are. And, um, and when the others that are, there are so many different variables that are happening that are so completely mm-hmm. different with each person. Um, and then there's the aftermath. Some have the aftermath effects, some do not. And so exactly. it's like, it's like, it's like blockchain. The data keeps changing every nanosecond. Exactly. <laughs> not to, not to, like anybody, any of the tech geeks that follow us, because I'm a tech geek <laughs> and you are too, will get that. Yeah. They'll be like, yes, it does change every single nanosecond. <laughs> <laughs> But exactly. But yeah, it's so it what's um so and not to make light of it, it but it's so it's it, 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 I think sometimes that's what causes a little bit of the 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 discussion to kind of linger and and the ups and downs with everybody with it because it's so variable amongst person to person to person and how our bodies are reacting to it um, differently. But it's interesting that you at least have the data to say, hey, in a use case such as me, here's what it showed. Um, and here's some things that, you know, can happen afterwards that you have to like look into. And I feel like when that is accounted for, now you're starting to move more in a direction of like, okay, so now we're solution oriented and we can actually, you know, we can use this to make really great decisions versus, you know, kind of this ongoing 
the 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 fear and it's like 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 anything in life people are like oh, like everybody wants to talk about the bad thing but <laughs> like mm-hmm. i would say like can we talk about the solutions exactly. <laughs> and help and help implement exactly. them you know and be a part exactly. of that together because that'd be great so <laughs> i'm with you on that yeah so um where do you you know um where do you see health and um, you know, like technology heading because this is you're in a really interesting place in a very interesting time with a very interesting topic at the forefront, not just because of uh, what happened with the with the virus, but because of in mm-hmm. general, like health has come full full like you know force to the front of everything. Um, there's a lot of different takes on health. You took accountability and saw what happened, and. There, we're still very much in a time where accountability is a little bit of a gray area for some where they're like, oh, well, I'll go to the doctor. They'll prescribe me this. I'll take it and what? Everything's fine. I'm like, mm, is that really accountability or is that, you know, um, yeah, is that really accountability? It's kind of what I'm, what I'm asking because and, and, and I wanted to talk to you about like, you know, accountability and health because you committed yourself to it. You saw what happened and you saw the importance of why we need accountability and responsibility with our health. And to your exact point with COVID, because every single person's reaction and every single person's body is different. And so instead of everybody arguing all the time, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Do I know myself as well as I think I do? And what do what what does my body, my DNA structure, my, you know, my entire makeup need? I would love to know what your thoughts all around from like accountability to like are we removing with science, with technology and health, are we heading in a direction where we're removing the excuses <laughs> for a lack of accountability? Oh, man, we are so removing the excuses. I mean, I think, uh, um, you know, with all the tools available today, it's it's almost hard to find a good excuse now. Um, and, and now, you know, we see really awesome tools for consumers, right? I mean, I mean, a lot of these tools, you know, I think you don't really, you know, now doctors adopting these things as well. You know, um, I think COVID was, you know, all in all, a really big push for, um, you know, telemedicine, you know, and health in general. People are now kind of, you know, like you're saying, are holding themselves a little bit more accountable because honestly, you don't have easy access to a doctor nowadays. You know, you know, it's a, uh, it's a lot harder to do that, and and uh, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, people are now you know, kind of told, you know, that everything is done remotely. So I think when things are done remotely, you kind of have to take things into your own, into your own hands. Accountability is huge. And having the right tools is definitely kind of important. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, you were asking, like, where is health and technology going? It's, it's really about having that accountability and having the tools. People are more open now, I think, to, to adopting, uh, you know, some of this new technology. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're starting to see some interesting, uh, you know, wearables even coming on the market nowadays, you know, like continuous glucose monitors, like I mentioned earlier, um, uh, you know, even like these continuous blood pressure, you know, that's going to innovate kind of on itself. Uh, and it's up to people to hold themselves accountable. Like, okay, if I wear this, how do I, you know, influence my, uh, and how do I look at the data and then make sure my behaviors are kind of, you know, making me the best me, right? Um, so, you know, I think, I think as, as because of kind of the, what happened in the pandemic, I think people are generally more open to that. They're, they're kind of monitoring their health. You know, I think it's all been instead of proactive, a little bit more, pre, or, or more reactive, that's more proactive in my opinion. 
Um, you know, so so people are are kind of. I think there's still lack of information, right? So how how do I do this? You know, um, but you know, I think I think we're heading in the right direction. Is really what I mean to say. Um, you know, prevention is always key. You know, I don't think you know taking a pill and then going home and then all right, that's that's not really you know <laughs> how did you get there in the first place, right? How, how did you know right. just just taking statins to help with your you know uh, you know issues is not going to help you. How do you how do you prevent that in the first place? What lifestyle modification can we make? such that, hey, you don't even come here in the first place. That's where we need to be headed. How do you find the right tools to kind of make that decision uh, continuously? Because, you know, you know, when you start making 1% bad decisions, you know, that you know, becomes compound interest, right? You, you start, it starts adding up and your health deteriorates, right? How do you do that? In, in, you know, how do you make good decisions, even just like 1% a day? You know, how do you do something that helps you 1%? And then that becomes extremely beneficial in the long term. People need to think about like those small wins, you know, instead of thinking like the overarching kind of path, you know, uh, path. Just think of how you can do things in a small way, having that biofeedback kind of thing, looking at your data, kind of analyzing and and just move, taking one step at a time, I, I think is kind of the way to look at it. Is there, this is going to go, this doesn't have to be a controversial question. <laughs> but but it's uh well um good for us but i'm just <laughs> but i but i want to ask is there is there still resistance from the overall medical community in allowing this kind of new data and technology to not only come in um in a beautiful way but be integrated into re-examining um the system <laughs> I, <laughs> I think i think we're all you know we're moving in the right direction okay um i think i think there's still is resistance no matter what um because because it is a, a a large system that we're kind of going up against but i do think you know uh you know this this kind of shook everything at, you know everything is being reanalyzed i would say People are way more open now than ever uh, to to actually uh, adopt this technology. I don't think like primary healthcare is maybe you know primary uh, practitioners are, are maybe looking to adopt this anytime soon. Um, but you know we got people that are much more open on precision medicine, like people that you know um, are looking at the kind of the root cause, looking at the whole body. Those guys seem to be more open to it. So I guess it depends on what what sort of uh, uh, practitioner you're talking about and on what they're practicing. Um, but I've seen, you know, some some practitioners are extremely open to the data and some are just absolutely turned off and don't want to use it at all because right. of, you know, whatever reason. Um, but I think we're headed in the right direction. I think we're using this data, um, you know, you know, can 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 only help. Right. I think so. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited about what what the future will hold, you know, in the next five to 10 years, because because I do think, you know, we're going to be adopting this because honestly, we have no choice. Um, you know, a, a lot of you know, hospitals. And doctors' offices are, are so inefficient, in my opinion. You know, why can't we be collecting this data all around the clock and having someone just looking at it, and then almost like pulling you in when you need to be pulled in? You know, almost like a like a you know a kind of watching you, making sure you're healthy, and and only you know, the the the, the doctor's appointments every six months or twelve, uh, you know, uh, one year is, is so useless, in my opinion. It's taking a snapshot of your one data point and not really meaning much, right? You need that continuous longitudinal data to really draw a real conclusion. 
Well said. Well played. <laughs> well played. <laughs> but you're, but yeah, you know, I and I, I think that you know, in fairness to, to everyone listening, especially in any medical professionals, in anything, um, growth is inevitable. Change is inevitable, and you know, um, change requires a lot of examination and reexamination of uh, um, of the information we were previously only had access to. And then all of a sudden we have more information instead of instantly refuting it, we have to take it in and say, where does this fall in with um, what I know, what I don't know. And let me take a, a little bit further look at it. Critical thinking, which I believe in, in everything is needed. The critical thinking piece is, is really the, the crux of what we're all looking for because when we're critically thinking, we're not choosing a side. We're 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 choosing self to understand. We're seeking to understand and, and more collectively figure things out together. So, so I, I, I but I do like the fact that I, I do believe I believe we're we're definitely heading in a very beautiful direction, um, and that conversation can change accordingly. Um, but I think the type of data and technology and um, and science and um, tools and resources. Again, like Naval brought this up a lot as well too. I mean, the information age essentially overtaking the industrial age, which scares a lot of people about that, but it's actually quite expansive on the original concepts. So um, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> it's gonna be needed for a very long time. What, um, how has it been with the company's growth? Now you did this with family. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so just background. You know, me and my dad, uh, you know, co-founded this company. Um, you know, my dad exited out of the last company, was into retirement for a little bit, and and uh, um, I pulled him back in because I saw him. You know, one, I think on New Year's Eve, just kind of, you know, spending all this time on Facebook, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you guys, that's not the kind of guy. You know, he, he's the guy that like hustles and and he loves to you know challenge his brain, and and, and here he is, kind of. So I was like, you know what? Let's 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 work on this together, uh, and and he was more than happy to do it. So so we've been working together for four years, and and um, believe it or not, it's it's been kind of amazing. I think uh, we've separated our roles and responsibilities, so we have shared interests. Um, but it, it's been it's been an extremely interesting journey. You know, we've self funded this company for four years, um, and and uh, um, this year, I mean, it, it's just. Uh, uh, you know, honestly, maybe I'll attribute some some of it to the pandemic. You know, a lot of people are looking at health and um, uh, and and it's uh, kind of you know helping us to kind of move forward a little bit. Uh, we've focused a lot on you know we were maybe in the first four three to four years we really were kind of dabbling in the consumer market a little bit, uh, beta testing and and kind of you know putting our products out there for feedback. And and last year we we, we switched over to enterprise so. Really, our model is, is helping enterprise collect biometric data, and we become the biometric backbone, uh, you know, quote unquote, for helping them acquire this data. And you know, be a therapeutic company um, or or any any company that's maybe just monitoring, you know, uh, health health coaches and that kind of thing, enable them to do their job better with real good clinical grade data. That's um, um, so, that's amazing. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so so that's you know, so working you know working with my dad has been uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, pr pretty great. You know, I think we're both kind of the same kind of people, you know, just kind of, um, you know, hard, really hard workers and, and really, you know, I mean, 24 seven hustling, honestly, like it, it's, uh, we're both kind of the same people. And I probably get that from my dad in the first place. But uh, um, it's been, you know, some people, um, you know, 
some people think that oh man it must be tough and honestly it's, it's been it's been quite easy for me quite frankly we well, get along well you're in a different stage too you know yeah. you're, you're and and you're you took on um a person who formerly exited and yes. with experience and you're both yep. adults having an adult experience uh, exactly. you know to, <laughs> versus uh, yeah. you know i remember yeah. i remember when i was uh, my first tech startup which did not make it um i was in my early 20s and my father my father actually did fairly well being being you know involved um but you know there was two of us guys with two of us are uh, with two of our fathers and yeah that didn't um <laughs> you know, but again, different phase. So I think it's great that, you know, and the fact that you took him out of a retirement is great too. He's probably like, he probably needed his mind anyways to keep like, he, he, keep busy. his mind was just, yeah, it, it was turning to mush with that. You know, it, it, was, it had nothing, honestly, he'd spend like one hour, you know, like making tea in the morning, all these juices. I mean, it was just great. You know, he spent a lot of time on his health, uh, you know, maybe obsessively so, and maybe like <laughs> to a point, you know, um, and, and really he was not doing anything that was kind of challenging him. And, and this is a guy very type A, very, you know, love, you know, loves to, loves to work. I mean, he's a hard workaholic and uh, even, you know, I, I think, um, you know, he was kind of ready for that. Uh, you know, it was a retirement only for like a year or two, I think. Uh, but, you know, I think it's been, it's been a really interesting experience for us because, you know, I got to got to get more connected to him. Uh, you know, growing up, he he was uh, hustling himself, right, with his first company uh, before he exited. So, you know, I didn't get to see a lot of him. So I get, you know, we actually are getting closer because of this, which is kind of neat. Right, and and love that time, man. Um, you know, that's uh, it's uh, that's it's amazing, and it's interesting how uh, if you you know connecting the dots, like, well, you didn't have that time previously, but he was doing now what's needed now. Sometimes we're almost like future pacing in the present <laughs> you know what i mean so like yeah. and now here he's showing up and it's like a whole new relationship and it's goes like oh so that's what you were doing yeah wow. yeah now now i'm almost like an issue now i know exactly what he was doing how he's hustling you know right, right. You know, i think you know he was gone most of the time and then i only see him maybe you know nighttime or on the weekends he knew the weekends you know i know he was, he was also working um stressed a lot you know and, and i think um uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, now that I'm kind of in, that, in those shoes, I, I can understand it way more. Right. Um, and I'm trying to balance, I think, honestly, like as an entrepreneur, you really got to balance like family life, uh, work life. It, it's extremely hard and health, of course. Yeah. Health is a, you know, all those things, all those variables, you know, I don't really even have, have time to socialize anymore because it's a lower priority than those three things. You know? Absolutely. So <laughs> well, and, and I think that that sometimes scares people when they hear that from entrepreneurs, um, you know, right. oh, well, you mean you don't socialize? You're like, no, 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 no. Like, because life design is a very interesting thing when we become much more accountable with our schedules, our, our daily life and creating from a place of, no, like I get up, like, I, like I have peace in my life. Like I, I, you know, I know what I'm doing in my mornings before I work. I know what I'm doing while I'm working. I know what I'm doing after work. I know what I'm working out. I know what I'm training. I know what I'm cooking. I know what I'm, you know, hiking. I know exactly. like we have lives actually more than ever before. Um, because entrepreneurship, at least for speaking on the entrepreneurship side, I mean, I think it's anybody in life really, once they take control of their schedule, but as an entrepreneur, once you really dial in, what exactly are we doing with our time? That is a huge game changer because you start to prioritize differently and you start to move very differently with it. Um, it again, it's, it's like a, I always say entrepreneurship is like a fast track of personal development because it's forcing you into like, what am I really doing with my time? How am I really doing it? And what serves me best so I can like 
relieve myself of the stress and because health has to be health is at the very at the very forefront without it we're done we're screwed absolutely <laughs> you know? absolutely yeah that's so. the neat part about being an entrepreneur you can design your life honestly and that's honestly like i can't go back <laughs> i don't think i'd work for anybody because of that uh you know i i choose how i want to you know spend my time uh and that's that's huge for me you know i, I right. love that that's, that's the, i mean i I never, you know, I tell everyone, I never work a day in my life, you know, I just doing what I love and I want to keep it that way. Absolutely. Anybody listening, by the way, notice he said, I choose what I do with my time and how I spend my time. Now, I know some people listening that are like, oh, that's easy for you to say. No, it's absolutely furthest from the truth. In fact, anybody that has much more structure from a nine to five or, or whatever, that's actually even you, you have it even easier the, but what I liked is the fact about you choose what you do with your time. And I think that that's the part that it, you can do that at any, like the starting tomorrow, starting right now when you wake up or starting right now, you know, like instantly, like how am I choosing what I do throughout the day? And, and I, that's why I always encourage people. I'm like, have you really like thought about your day and like, what would that actually look like? And if you're currently with the work that you're in and whether you want to make a transition or not, that's fine. Like think about all the other parts of the day. Like what would it look like? You know, and then then you start to really reverse engineer a little bit and start backing up into this kind of life where you all of a sudden wake up one day and you're like, oh wow, I chose all this. This is amazing. So <laughs> exactly. What yeah, exactly? What um? Where can everybody find out about you? Biostrap, like you know more about uh, you know what you're doing and connect with you and and connect with Biostrap and, and potentially get the product, all of the things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Biostrap.com is probably the best resource. Uh, we we post pretty actively on LinkedIn. Um, you can find us there as well, Biostrap and and uh, Instagram as well. Same tag, it's a uh, Biostrap. Uh, so pretty much uh, um, the website's probably the best place to buy it. Um, and uh, if you want to, you know, stay in touch, you know, with me, you know, LinkedIn's probably the best way. Just find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm happy to connect with anybody there. Uh, amazing. And so, and um, if they wanted to like purchase Biostrap, Biostrap.com, they can use it. Biostrap.com. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Cool. Cool. This is, uh, this is incredible. Anything you got coming up next that's, that's just fun that you want to share that you're excited about? Um, you know, so, so we are looking to expand our data collection. I think, uh, I think you talked about earlier a little bit, but you know, even tapping into brain health is so important. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think I alluded to in the, in the beginning, we want to be a platform. So not really maybe focused on a wearable, um, so we are looking at, you know, integrating, we, we're about 80% done there, hopefully launching it later this year, but, uh, using voice to kind of assess brain health, uh, yes. one of our coolest things that we are, uh, integrating with a partner that's, uh, kind of created a clinical grade kind of API platform for that. Um, it's using pharmaceutical companies. We're going to have access to that. So I'm super excited about that because it merges different data streams, you know, thinking of physiology and brain health and all of that together. It, it's just uh, going to be mind blowing and, and providing that for everybody else. You know, my, my whole mission is to provide kind of this biometric clinical grade data uh, and brain health data to, to enterprise customers to help them do their job better because they won't have access to this otherwise. I'm just enabling really good data for them to make the right decisions. Two things I like in there. One, moving from wearable tech to also providing a platform uh, to bring a voice to it. And two, uh, enterprise level. Because, um, it, you know, <laughs> it's funny speaking of resistance. When you think about these companies and these brands, I always it's funny to me that the conversation is always a little funny because when you talk about empowering employees, sometimes upper level management gets a little scared of like, they'll leave us, they'll this, they'll that, like all these things, like the scarcity model. I'm like, 
have you really looked at the data on productivity, retention, you know, consciousness, uh, return, <laughs> like all of these things, that health, to, if you really took care of your people, you know, your profitability would be through the roof and everybody feels good. <laughs> exactly. So. Who doesn't want that, right? It's, it's, uh, you got to have the right kind of employers thinking. You like really that. do. You're yeah, right. I, I do think they're moving in the right direction. You Absolutely. Know? I think, you know, so you see all these corporate wellness programs nowadays and people are trying to think that way, but it's like, well, what's our ROI going to be? You know, what's it going to be? You know, it's, it's, it always wanted to, you know, they need to know what, 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 what do they get in return? And sometimes, right. you know, it's not quantifiable, but you know, you're doing a good thing for your, for your employees, yeah. which should help them feel sleep at night. Well, I, I, you know, you know what? I, I've been in those kind of conversations and I'll, I'll wrap up to this, but because I love where we're going with this and we'll, we'll have, by the way, I always ask every person that comes on the show can come back on again because it's a journey driven podcast. You're going to have a lot more data, a lot more uh, things to talk sure. about coming up. So you're always welcome back. But, you know, the interesting thing that you brought up is like, you know, what's our ROI? And I always like to like say to, you know, executives like that or CEOs, like, let me ask you something. Do you have a bad habit that you do? Like, just curious. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, how long did that take for you to get that? To have you been having that habit? They're like, oh, about 15, 20 years. I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, so how long do you think it would take for you to actually undo that habit? They're like, well a while i'm like oh see so the fact that you now care about your employees <laughs> and their, <laughs> and their wellness and their productivity you want an roi i'm like well why don't you start like running and gunning and making sure that these people are be being taken care of so we can undo the unhealthy crap that they've been experiencing exactly. dude i seriously i can't That's wait awesome. to get my hands on some more of these companies in the future <laughs> Um, awesome. yeah, no, I, I love everything that you're doing. Um, keep doing it. And again, like you're welcome back on anytime. I can't believe it's already been an yeah, hour. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Would, would love to maybe check in and, and see, uh, uh, you know, how things are going. I love, would love to. Amen. And, uh, so this episode will be coming out here very soon. So be on the lookout for that. I'll give you all the materials and whatnot. And if there's anything you want, um, else, uh, other than the show notes for our, our people to know, um, for our whole family and subscribers, you know, you let me know and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes for them. But really just, Samir, I really appreciate your time and, and being on the show. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. Hang, up, hang back for one second. Everybody sure. listening, uh, biostrap.com. So uh, be sure to go there. Really interesting data. Really interesting. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I don't want to name its competitors in the market because I know some of y'all are wearing it and have it and all that fun stuff. Um, but um, this is just a different way of um, data collection and going some extra layers deep. But check them out. And then you can also connect with them on Instagram. Uh, Samir Santake, you can also find him on LinkedIn, uh, S-A-M-E-E-R. And then his last name is Santake, S-O-N-T-A-K-E-Y, but it's pronounced Santake. Um, find him online, connect with him. You guys can ask him any kind of question about Biostrap as well. Um, really doing interesting things. And uh, as always, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you for all the ratings and the reviews. Um, you know, it, it continues to grow. Uh, you have no idea how grateful I am, but maybe you do because I'm telling you. And it just means the world. And, uh, you know, thank you as always. We've got another great episode coming up. Uh, so stay tuned uh, for Samir, for myself, Matt goddessman and for this for the hustle sold separately sorry i'm like multitasking here to cue up the music i love you guys we're out <laughs>